You are listening to the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. What's good? I will tell you what's good. It is free shipping now through the end of the month. You only have just a few days left to head on over to amsoil.com. Enter promo code FREESHIPSNOWX at checkout when you have $50 or more worth of product in your cart. Enjoy free shipping. Joining us today on the Snowcross Podcast presented by Amsoil is pro snowbike rider Jackie Reese. Now, we get to talk quite a bit during the season. We're talking about racing, what's going on on track, current events. Well, it's been a few weeks since racing's passed, so I want to talk maybe some track things, some big picture topics about snowbike racing in particular. You're the only female pro snowbike yes. rider on the ISOC circuit. How cool is that to you? Oh, it's super cool. You know, I, I take it as being a good example for any other woman who wants to get into the sport. Um, you know, I there's been so many weekends where I've left feeling very defeated and feeling like I wanted to quit. I've been in this for um, three years now, and, and the dedication is there. And, you know, I, I feel like someone just getting into the sport is not going to be as dedicated as me, and I can't I can't quit because my my shoes are hard to fill I think not in a cocky kind of way but just in a um you know it's difficult it's challenging and um not a lot of beginners there's not a lot of women in this to begin with and someone just getting into the sport is not gonna feel comfortable going out in the pro class or or should be going out in the pro class right away and you know the only the only person that could strive to be at that level right now, I think, is Taven Woody. Um, she is your amateur class champion, which is super awesome that she is the you know, first year of this class here in ISOC Snowcross, um, and she is our champion. So that's super awesome. And um, I don't know if she'll take it to the professional level just because she's super involved and, and dedicated to her snowmobile racing in the ISOC circuit as well. Um, so that's the only person I could see being as dedicated as I am, but also, you know, she has her own goals in the women's class and the pro women's class so um, definitely I take my involvement as being very important to our sport and the growth in our sport and I think a lot of people see that too. Absolutely very well said and both you know Taven especially very very young rider big long career ahead of her on both the snow bike and the snowmobile side I know she's gunning for that pro and women's championship and yourself too a young rider there is so much ahead of you and we look forward to that now I want to ask you talking to women across a number of different motorsports what is your take on being referred to as a female rider, a female racer, or do you want to be referred to as just a racer, or do you see power in being, you know, having the having being labeled a, a female racer, a female rider? What's your take on that? I think it goes both ways, and it kind of depends on the situation. Like at the beginning of the year, I wanted people to know that I was the only woman out there in the pro pro class. Uh, you know, I I ran the uh, the pink number plates like the pro am women's class does, and uh, you know, I just, I wanted to make a statement and then I, I started to, you know, gain a little traction, gain a little speed, feel like I was ready to be up in the mix a little bit more instead of just being the girl out there. And I got over the pink backgrounds. I'm ready to change them out and just, you know, just be a rider. And, you know, a cool example was, um, JC Norgard, one of the photographers for the ISOC series. He, um, he has another publication and submitted some photos and one of them was me from Cannonsburg and, the editor just picked that photo to be on the cover. That guy didn't know that I was a woman. And I asked him, I was like, does this guy know that I'm a girl? And, and he was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, you know, sometimes it's cool to just have your picture picked because you're cool, mm-hmm. not because you're the girl. Yes. So I think it goes both ways. And, you know, you 
you can play that either way you want. I try not to play it as a, you know, as a give me things because I'm the girl, you know, like it, it I don't ever want to have that um, idea out there, but you know, I'm a little bit under supported, you know, it's harder for me to get support than some of my male counterparts, so, um, which you would think it would be the opposite, like it's a, a, an amazing opportunity because I get so much more exposure, like you're picking me to talk to on this podcast because, you know, I have a unique story, I have something to tell and, and talk, you know, talk about my sponsors, so um, you'd think it would be the opposite way, but it is still difficult for me to find help and support. Um, you know, I'm really lucky to have Yeti Snowmax believe in me 100% and back me no matter what. So, you know, it, it's it's really shown me that it's important to who you have in your corner, not just having somebody in your corner. Absolutely. Now, I want to ask you about... <laughs> I, w- I want you to be honest here. <laughs> what is the most frustrating, just cringeworthy misconception or question you get asked so that's like... You know, it it could be offensive, and I know you're you're very professional when it comes to you know your peers <laughs> and your fans and anyone in the industry. If they say something that's offensive, like you know, you play it off cool, you're chill. But like, what's one misconception or question that's just like, ooh, did you just say that? You you know my answer. You know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, are you racing a 450? <laughs> yeah, I'm racing a 450 just like everybody else. Like, <laughs> it's it's a big motorcycle. It's a heavy motorcycle. You add the snow bike kit onto it. It's an even heavier motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm racing on it. Yes, I've gotten a lot stronger because of it. It's, you know, it's it's not comparable to the gym. Like, anything you do in the gym never really translates to, translates to riding. And in the gym, I'm not going to lift a 350 pound anything like you know and and tackling that on the track is really where I gain my strength and and like you said I'm just every time somebody asks me it's like a big old face palm I just (laughs) I just yeah I am I I'm doing it just like the guys are just like everybody else it's not like moto like we're you know a 450 that's like it's it's different because you really need that added power Mm -hmm. to haul that that kit around on the track throw it around so it's it's different than that, and and hopefully that uh, hopefully that that misconception changes over yeah. time, goes away. We're nipping that one in the butt right now. Right now, it's a four fifty. <laughs> yep. Everyone out there is on a four fifty. Correct. There's on a four fifty. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's I liken it to a two fifty on dirt. You know, you add the track on there, you're adding a ton of weight. Um, turning that track in the snow adds a lot more resistance than turning a wheel on a hard packed surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just need a lot more power to make that motorcycle do what you want. And then we're riding on tracks that are pretty, you know, the snowcross tracks are pretty comparable to supercross. They're tight, they're technical, and you need that bottom end power to, you know, hit those doubles or come out of the corner and hit the jump. Like, you know, it's, it's not... I think a lot of people wish they had more. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, and, you know, some people probably cheat. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Straight up doesn't happen. But, you know, it's desirable. I will say that. For sure. Um, now, along the lines of the bike, we hear, like, it's not it's not a turn the bars and it's going to go. It's not a just, like, you know, point and, point and stare. It's going to go where you want it to. Um, that's a, it has a mind of its own, truly. 
from the from from what I've gathered. Is would you say that's accurate? Well, you're a writer yourself now. I I am. You know, <laughs> limited experience. Looking to change that this winter with the help of my friends. Um, and um, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, that was that was my take from yeah. it. Is that it's you know I found I had I had more control the more beans I gave her. You know, <laughs> yeah, the more the definitely. more speed. Um, but it's um. Yeah, it's it's a different animal, that's it, for sure. It goes where it wants to go, and especially with your suspension setup, you know, if you have a lot of ski pressure, you know, the snow bike has one ski and not two, so that that stability in that ski is very important. If you have too much pressure on the ski, you're going to be all over the place because it's just going to take to every weird edge on that snow. If there's a little ice chunk, it's going to catch it and it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing if you have not enough ski pressure, you know, then it's not catching anything. It's just kind of gliding and going wherever it wants to go. So your suspension setup is very important. And this sport is so new. You know, ISOC has only had this class for four years, and this is the first year that we've had enough people to split it into a pro and an amateur class, which is very exciting. Um, So suspension development, you know, hasn't been going on for that long, whereas snowmobiles have been, you know, going for a very long time. So you know, that's that's an important aspect to how your bike is going to steer. Um, it's a lot more leaning, a lot less steering. You know, your handlebars are not, you know, you're not always getting on that left side trying to pull it as hard as you can to turn that thing. It's, um, you know, it's with your body and, and your weight distribution. So, you know, those are some things that I shared with you when you rode for the first time, and it, it seemed to help you, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, as the as technology advances in, in snow bike racing and we're seeing more riders, we're seeing, you know, they're closing the talent gap. We have a lot of fast guys and girls out there, um, girl in the pro class and, of course, girl <laughs> in uh, an amateur snow bike with Taven Woody. Um, but overall, I think that's really fed into a change in attitude about snow bikes. Uh, would you say that's accurate from your perspective? Definitely. You know, last year, the 2018-2019 season was the first season I raced in ISOC. Um, and you know now this year is my second full season racing it and just the attitude of people in the crowd has definitely changed you know I've, I've been talking to some people and some people show up just to watch the snow bikes you know like they didn't come to watch the snowmobiles they came to watch the snow bikes because it's new and it's exciting and, and the talent pool is growing like mm-hmm. you know when we have Jesse Kirchmeyer, Yannick Boucher um, you know and then you have select times Cody Matichuk, Brock Hoyer and Darren Meese like you know it's a big stacked field to have at a race and it's um, the cream of the crop, the X Games field, you know, anyone that can qualify for our personal, you know, biggest race of the year is coming to race these ISOC races. That's a really big deal. You know, that's that's the pinnacle of our sport. And, you you know, ISOC has it at these events. So, you know, it's important for people to notice that and um, just see how much it's, you know, they don't know because they, this, you know, so many people, it's still brand new to them. But, you know, just seeing how far it's come in the past four years that ISOC's had this class, it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, I'm though I, I work for ISOC, so there may be a little bias here, but you know, I also see it from the fan perspective because I'm a fan first and foremost, and I know you are too, Jackie. And that we've been seeing, and you've firsthand experienced this, that ISOC is doing big things for the sport, and it's you know, there's there's growing pains with any sport or any class, but they really are they're passionate about building this and being receptive to rider feedback. Um, you, we saw it with the tracks this year; they continue to get more snow bike friendly, and I think that puts on a really good 
good show. And like you said, it's paying dividends in what the what the fans are seeing. So we want to keep building on it there. And now I want to talk to you about something. I'm not going to take credit for this idea. This actually comes <laughs> from Jim Beaver, who you and I were chatting with on the Minimoto show. He was like, you know, we have we have an issue with snow bike riders and that they drop off the circuit a handful of them after X Games because mm-hmm. outside of ISOC, it, it, at the top of snow bike racing, the pinnacle is Winter X Games. Like that much is that much is very very true. So what can we do to entice riders to stick around? Um, potentially like a, tip, a triple crown series. How you know? Do you think that would be beneficial? I do. I think, you know, to explain this a little bit more. Um, have the snow bike class at all the races as as jim suggested but three of those events be worth something else you know towards this prize this sponsor prize something some sort of incentive to get the riders to show up after x games to lengthen their season and um you know to help out eye socket for interest point of interest too so you know jim's idea was to have one of these triple crown races um, prior to X Games and two after. So these guys are, you know, they've been training and training and training for X Games. They come back to ISOC. They're in race shape. They're race ready, ready to go. Um, and, you know, we were talking about how exciting it would be if it was at the Ram Trucks final, you know, just to have all of these series and um, th- and things come together at the end of the year and just have all these storylines climaxing. And how cool would it be that, you know, the snow biker that won this won maybe a Ram truck, you know, something, you know, something exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm not, a, I'll just, for the record, I am just a talking head with ISOC. <laughs> I am not involved on the, you know, the administrative side at all with planning the racing. Like, I'm literally just here to run my mouth. Um, so, but, <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting talking point. And um, I think we've seen some cool things with uh, the Triple Crown series with Supercross, um, and it really draws people in in a different way, creates a championship within a championship, and anything to make, you know, um, just draw more attention to this, um, I think is is nothing but good things for Snowbike. So, Jackie, I know you've only been racing Snowbike for a handful of years here. You've done a lot in that short time, but rewind to six, seven, eight years ago, you're, you know, teenage kid. Did you ever picture yourself in the position you're in now, not only on a snow bike, but racing professionally with the ISOC series? No, no. I, I had never ridden snowmobiles. Um, you know, I, there were many winters I didn't do anything. Like I was just, I, you know, I come from a motocross background and I live in Minnesota. Like, what do you do in the winter? not a lot race snowmobiles go skiing and you know i didn't i didn't do those things you know we we dedicated ourselves to motocross um so financially it wasn't really like let's go get more motorized things and do more motorized stuff it was kind of like rest and recover and get ready for the summer again so um i had dreams of racing motocross professionally and that was cool that I got to do that last summer up in Canada. Um, unfortunately, the United States no longer supports professional women's motocross, um, you know, which is a, a big, you know, gut wrencher for me. Just growing up watching Ashley Filick and Jessica Patterson and like how good they were and they were racing on pro day. And now there's absolutely nothing. It's Loretta Lynn's mm-hmm. amateur national. So did I think I would be racing snow bikes ever? No. <laughs> did I did I ever even think up a snow bike in my head? No. Did I think I'd be racing professionally? No. Like like I'm just rolling with the punches here. <laughs> it's kind of a day at a time, a month at a time and 
um, trying to remember to be thankful that, you know, not letting it become normal. You know, like, I'm not going to do this forever. And, you know, you got to just remember that you're not doing this forever. I, I went to college. I have a biomedical science degree, uh, a BS. So, it, like, I... I decided not to have a career and pursue this instead. Like it, making big sacrifices, you know, to do this. And sometimes I got to remember that I'm actually really sacrificing a lot. Um, you know, I could be starting my career kind of a thing and I'm choosing to do this instead. So, you know, sometimes I have those reality check moments, which are really good for me. And, and looking back on this year, which unfortunately got cut short, um, I'm super thankful, like just to have the people around me that I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I respect the heck out of that, you know, doing what you want to do, putting your career on hold or, you know, just making decisions to, to do what makes you happy and take advantage of this mm-hmm. while you can. And heck, you're a you're a pioneer for the sport mm-hmm. and especially for women. And that's uh, that's we're lucky to have you here on the ISOC circuit. Now, you had mentioned the season got cut short, of course, mm-hmm. that is it's unfortunate for for everyone involved, fans, teams, riders, sponsors, you name it. Um, but I know you are looking forward to hopefully going back north again this summer, but for a different swing on the Canadian tour, assuming the borders can open up relatively soon. Can you give us some insight to what your plans are? Yeah. So I'd like to, last summer I did the Eastern series. So in Canada, they split up motocross, women's professional women's motocross into East and West series. I did the East last year. I'd like to go do the West this year. Um, They've already unfortunately pushed back their series, um, you know, which never is a good sign, you know, because of all this unfortunate coronavirus. Like, you know, you got to take it seriously. People at home, if you're listening, please stay home. you know, so I don't know if the West will happen. I don't know if the borders will happen, uh, will open in time for the West. Um, if they don't, I plan to do the East. If, you know, if that's not an option, we're going to hit up some uh, some all-star races at the Nationals here and, and ride my two-stroke and, you know, have a lot of fun doing that. Like, it, it, it never hurts to just go out and go race. Mm-hmm. You know, as crossing over from summer to winter, like, just staying racing all year is very helpful for me, for my body, for my attitude. Like sometimes it can get long. I will say that like in between seasons, you're kind of like uh, dreading it and ready to get over it. But you know, it's good to have that mentality and like never let off of that mentality for me at least. But you know, I could see where it would also be beneficial to just lay low all summer and come into ISOC like ready to race again. So, you know, it goes both ways, but I kind of enjoy, you know, being, especially being around the different groups of people. Like I have different groups in motocross compared to snowcross. So it's, it's super cool for me to just, you know, have a a well-rounded racing year. Mm -hmm. Who's Patty? Uh, My girl, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Patty's my van. Um, She is a 2018 Ram Pro Master City city folks you heard her she's she looks like a car it's like a minivan a mini cargo van mm-hmm. um it fits a dirt bike it unfortunately does not fit a snow bike which makes my life a lot harder um thank you to mike of mike small engines for loaning me his truck so i could pull my trailer and my snow bike to all these races this year um it, you know i i uh I just I love Patty. Patty's built out. She's got a bed in her, you know, ready for camping, um, events, you know, very homey. The JR27 <laughs> Traveling World Headquarters, oh, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, last summer I, I just lived in my van all summer. Mm-hmm. It was super exciting. You know, van life is all the craze now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just doing it and racing motorcycles is 
super cool opportunity and and it, honestly like the cheapest way to get to the track like I get almost 30 miles per gallon highway in that thing like there's no way like you can like, right now with gas prices so cheap I fill up for 20 bucks like you can't go riding any cheaper than that so uh, I would definitely recommend if I didn't have my bed in there you could put two bikes in there um, yeah it's a cool setup. <laughs> and now for, for someone like myself who is who's constantly on the road for racing, like I'll be honest, I eat like absolute crap. Like <laughs> it is fast food. It's never good. You don't have time to go out. Um, but you in it much less like to eat well and eat well with like dietary restrictions. And for yourself, you're a veggie. <laughs> you managed to eat well on the road and like it for, you know, there's not a lot of not a lot of vegans in yeah. our sport and vegetarians yeah. so like and and i apologize if i'm i'm being intrusive here but uh like can you tell me like what uh what do i how eat? do you like <laughs> not only like what do you eat but like how do you manage that when you're on the road because like i said it's hard to to yeah. stick to anything when you're on the road but you do it yeah <laughs> i mean i have a little camp stove um i try to like do a lot of stuff with hot water you know mm-hmm. like packets of oatmeal ramen noodles Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunately but I always have a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and you know a bunch of fruit like it's pretty easy to just eat a lot of produce Mm -hmm. I guess um especially in the summer when it's hot out and you want to eat a lot of like you know cooler type things um winter's a little different because you know you want like a hearty meal and like Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more difficult but I always have my go-to's of Subway and Chipotle love it (laughs) you can always get a sandwich you can always get a burrito bowl Mm -hmm. you know um and that is an interesting point that you make like there aren't a lot of vegetarians or vegans like I'm, I'm full vegan so uh that I know of in our sport like most of the time people are like are you kidding me how do you do it why do you do it you know like I have a lot of reasons I'm not here to stand on my soapbox but mm-hmm. you know I feel like it's a, a a good health decision for me for our earth and for animals so mm-hmm. um it's it's definitely a, a community within athletes that is uh probably really only on the internet like mm-hmm. all the other vegans that I see are like cyclists or like you know actually I take that back there are like football players that are also vegan and stuff so there's some cool documentaries on Netflix about um the benefits and stuff but I'll, I'll get down for my soapbox now <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and just tell you that I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and like grains and beans I eat so many beans <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome thank you for thank you for enlightening us there that's uh that's cool now um i want to ask you some questions about your fellow competitors okay. Let's hear <laughs> so i want to i'm gonna ask you a question i want you to name who is most likely to do this okay. um who is going to be most likely to show up late to the starting line jesse kirschmar jesse kirschmar <laughs> <laughs> always that yeah. dude is always so he and his family helped me out the past two races um new york and cannonsburg and I'm, like, getting ready to go up there, and Jesse doesn't even have his gear on. I'm, like, dude, every time he's, like, rushing up there, I'm, like, how do you go out and ride all rushed like this? But I think it's good for him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, he, he gets it done, yeah. you know? <laughs> he is our two-time champ. Two in a row. Two-time. We're going to call him two-time. Two-time. Uh-oh. I don't know if he'll like that. Two-time and showtime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Who is, when you're in the pits, mm-hmm. uh... Or, you know, you're watching trackside. Who is the rider who is most likely to have something just offensive come out of their mouth? Hmm. I don't know about offensive, but um, abrupt, maybe. Abrupt. <laughs> That's a better word. <laughs> uh, Colton 
Colton Sturm. Colton Sturm? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that guy, he's hilarious. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, he's hilarious. He's one of my teammates. <laughs> that guy just, you never know what's going to come out, but it's hilarious. So he's a character for sure. Keeps you on your toes. Yes. Which rider is most likely to get the most heated right away after something happens on track? Um... And not to throw anyone under the bus. Yeah. This is racing. Stuff happens. But, like, yeah. who is who is just spicy? Can I pick myself? Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Canterbury? Like, dude, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong that weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, just, I was having some suspension problems. I left my boots at Erex, so I missed the first <laughs> practice because I had to go buy new boots. I just, I crashed and crashed and crashed. I got landed on. I, when I got landed on, I was mad I was livid like I'm sure all not all boys but a lot of the guys out there they have a temper of course it's mm -hmm. like a paycheck's on the line too it's part you know? of it, yeah. yeah so but honestly like I was on the side of the track I was getting lapped and I got landed on and I was like are you kidding me like I was literally as far over and out of the way as possible and still got taken out like I was, I was mad about it and just mm -hmm. I left that weekend just like defeated like mm -hmm. earlier when I was talking about leaving and wanting to quit that weekend I was like I'm not doing this anymore this is like I'm pretty much personally funded mm -hmm. you know I have some help but I I pay for most of it out of pocket and it's just kind of why am I putting money into this if I feel like this after this weekend so yeah mad disappointed but most of the time I have a pretty level head about stuff it's just like when things are when you're like come on man like kind of <laughs> stuff that yeah. that's when I'm like that's when I get heated, <laughs> for sure. And I, and I get that. Like, it's all in me not being a racer myself. Like, I I can only wrap my mind around how much is on the line out there. What's what's going through your mind when stuff happens like that, you know, when it's out of your control, too. Like, that's that's unbelievably frustrating. So, I feel you. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, a, you know, shout out to you for, like, when you have a concern. Like, I've been in, in the tower <laughs> in Iowa when you've come up to talk to yeah. Bobby or Carl or whoever. And you're just, like, you... You take time to collect your thoughts and you present it in a way that's constructive. And yeah. I know, like, people like Carl and Bobby are put in a position where they take a lot of heat from a lot mm -hmm. of people. And mm -hmm. people don't always take the time to breathe yeah. before they go talk to him. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, thank you to them. Because, honestly, like, I feel like they listen to me and they make changes uh, based on my opinion. And they value my opinion, mm -hmm. which is super cool that they're not just listening to Jesse. Like, they're listening to my ideas, too. You know, I've been yep. racing since I was four years old. Like, I, I know what a good race looks like. I know what a fair race looks like. Yep. So it's, you know, it's important to me that as this sport is growing and they're growing with it, that we we make it the best it can be because right now this really is the premier series for snow bike racing. Like, mm -hmm. it, it can't just be something that, oh, we're just going to do this and we're going to do this and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. And if it doesn't, then our sport is gone. Yep. You know, so it, it's not something that we can mess with. They understand that. I told I told Bobby straight up, I said, if you mess this up, you mess up our sport. And he was just kind of like wide-eyed. But but he, he understands. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's nice to have someone approachable to talk to about, you know, about my concerns. For so. sure. It's important to let your voice be heard. And, you know, like, and I, and I know you get it. Like, we're all in this together on the on the ISOG side, on the rider side. Like, we, you know, we we all have the intention of, uh, of growing this bad boy. Um, last but not least, last question for you is we have a number of young riders. We have a handful um, on the amateur side, but even in the pro class. 
And snowcross racing on the ISOC circuit hasn't been around forever. We know that. So I don't want to say who's the next big thing, but who do you see from like our 16 and under that's going to like really wow people, really floor them um, here in the next few years? Um, I think Troy Horbaty is mm-hmm. somebody to look look for. You know, that kid is, he's fast. He's He's developing as an off-road racer in the summer. And, you know, I think that's only boosting his confidence on the snow bike. Um, you know, he's still young. He still can have some uh, questionable mental moments, um, but he's definitely skilled mm-hmm. and fast. And, you know, he's he's doing top five, top ten, mm-hmm. you know, in the ISOC against, against the best athletes that we have in the world. So, you know, he's someone to look out for, and maturity, I think, will only help him. For sure. Well, we look forward to seeing what he can do. And likewise, it's uh, I know we have a season cut short. It's a long time until Duluth, until November. Um, but uh, we look forward to it. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you. You know, I look forward to uh, coming back for 2020, 2021, and, and seeing where the snow bike thing goes. You know, it's it's been a a long journey but it's it's far from over <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a long off season i know i'm gonna need some baked goods to get me through it heck yeah <laughs> jr 27 bakery also i didn't even ask you about yeah. that yep i have uh it's called jr 27 race bakery um that's how i fund my racing you know i i come to the track or ship orders and you know i sell all kinds of cookies and banana bread and um that's that's what gets me there so i you know i appreciate it we hope you enjoyed that chat with JR27. Now, once again, head on over to amsoil.com. Take advantage of free shipping when you spend $50 or more. Enter promo code FREESHIPSNOWX. That's free ship, S-N-O-X. That offer expires at the end of the month, just a few more days. Thank you again for joining us on the Snowcross Podcast presented by Amsoil. You are listening to the Snowcross Podcast presented by Amsoil. Amsoil.